We pick up at the bottom of Daf Samach. I'm a bit right at the very bottom. Tanya, v'chein amar Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai or So we learn a brata, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, who had been uh, discussing the uh, um, uh, a case where uh, he'd be was more lenient than the rabbis in a previous case. Here also, uh, we hear another another statement where he's more lenient uh, than the rabbis. Also, another discussion maybe is going to be when we talk about Midian, uh, the war against Midian. That's also going to come up in a second. Anyway, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai says, "Kivrei goyim einem matamim oil." Uh, a grave of a non-Jew does not uh, make a uh, person tame uh, via an oil, I through a tent. If you stand over uh, a grave uh, or you're in the same um, room as a corpse, uh, if it was a non-Jew, uh, you would not become tame. Shunemar, va'atem soni, son mariti adam atem. The Pasuk says in Yechezkel, you are my sheep, the sheep of uh, the pasture. It says you are called man. Atem Karim Adam, you are called man, is the drasha of Ainagoim Karim Adam, and non-Jews are not called men. Okay, so on the face of it, this seems um, uh, not not uh, the most politically correct thing to say, and also from a, you know, uh, seemingly quite racist, but uh, the Olo Lord Tifrayim comes and uh, puts a, a, a very nice, uh, understanding to this. So what does he say? He says really what uh, th- this means is that uh, when uh, there are a number of different words for people in the Torah, uh, there's the word <coughs> ish, uh, and you can have a plural ishim. Uh, there's the word gever, you can have gvarim, uh, which is the plural of gever, and there's enosh, and you have the plural anashim. Uh, he says, uh, and all, all those words have plurals. Uh, he says, uh, and those are all talking about people, um, uh, as well as the, uh, the uh, but Adam, however, he says Adam, when, when, when Jews are called Adam, there's no, uh, they, when, when the, the name for man called Adam, uh, he says has no plural, there's no words Adamim, there's no such word, and he says that's what it means uh, when Jews are called Adam, he says Jews are all together, he says, uh, for example, a Jew in one part of the world is suffering, it says that uh, uh, all over the world the Jews kind of feel the same, um, pain and uh, and and will will daven for that Jew etc. We'll say to him uh, and and the whole thing. So that that's why you know that's one understanding of uh, of why you know what this means as well because uh, Tosfot actually brings as well uh, that you know that uh, Adam uh, as well uh, that there's there's a machloket there's a um, um, talking about that there's a difference between Adam and Ha Adam etc. Anyway uh, that is. Uh, uh, other other people who comment on this uh, on this line, which on the on the face of it seems uh, a bit problematic. Anyway, um, and uh, and we we uh, we're going to see the pasuk later. Adam kiamot uh, when a, when a man dies in the tent, and that as we said is talking about uh, a Jewish person. So it's only too much oil uh, via uh, Jewish people. All right. So Meitve, is that really so that there's only uh, tumah amongst? Uh, I mean, uh, the non-Jews are not called Adam. Uh, we have with the war in Midian, with the war in Midian, Nefesh Adam Shisha Sa'elif. It says they took captive these young girls, sixteen thousand women, uh, and uh, and it says so that uh, we see that uh, sixteen uh, it calls Nefesh Adam. Uh, here we hear they are the Midianites were referred to as Adam. So it says no Mishum Bahema. The reason for that is because um, they they were animals that were also taken uh, as well in comparison to animals uh, that you can call uh, these people Adam. Right, another proof. Uh, 
Uh, pasuk at the end of Yonah, uh, where it says, uh, you you uh, didn't worry about the kikayon, that, that, that gourd plant that grew over you. Uh, you were very upset about that uh, plant, but you're not worried, says Hashem to Yonah, about uh, the 120,000 Adam, uh, that uh, man that uh, can't distinguish between the, uh, the right hand and the left hand, and also a lot of cattle as well. Also, the Gomorrah says, we should behave in... Um, you know, uh, to compare man and uh, and animals. So once you're talking about animals, so then you can call them man. But generally, on their own, they wouldn't be. Um, so is that really so as well? Uh, it says anyone that anyone who's killed anyone and anyone who's touched uh, any. Uh, dead uh, corpse. Uh, it says uh, they have to be purified. Okay, and surely what are we talking about here? Uh, is that if you touch a a, a non-Jewish corpse, one of the Midianites, um, then you become tame. So we see uh, that's that they do make you tame. So Dilma it killed Israel. No, maybe one of the Jews was the Jews was killed, and actually uh, they touched a Jewish corpse over there. So that's not a good proof. Um, uh, Rabbanan says no. Uh, no, what does it mean? Uh, no, uh, the, the, the rabbis respond to that. Uh, no, uh, when they come back and report to Moshe, they said not one of us is missing. In other words, that no Jewish uh, soldiers died uh, at all. And therefore, we, we, the, how we left was how we came back. And therefore, uh, that the, the tumor must be through non-Jews. Rabbi Shimon how would he understand that? He says, Lord Nefkad, Mimenu, Ish, not one of us was missing, uh, which means, La Vaira, uh, these are the self-same women that they went out uh, to battle with, uh, the Midianites, and uh, and those women were all there as well. And those are the women that they previously sinned with. You might think that uh, one of the Jewish soldiers might have uh, lost control and uh, and been with these uh, with these uh, Midianite women again. And says no, none of us actually uh, committed any avera uh, with these with these women, even though we had in the past. We didn't now at the time of battle. All right, so that's how they would explain it. Uh, the difference between those things. For Ravina, um, Ravina. You know, it, it takes uh, it takes all the problems away via the following answer. Uh, he says he's he, uh, um, you know, cuts to the chase. He says nahi boel. So he says, what is the the minimization? He says the the pasuk was talking about specifically tumat oil, uh, the the the, the uh, corpse tumat via an oil, right via a tent. Over there, it says dictive Adam kiamot boil, a man who dies in a tent. That is specifically um, uh, uh, forming a roof over something or being underneath the same roof as a corpse. Okay, either you form a a, a, a roof over a grave, or uh, you in the same roof underneath the same roof as a corpse. Okay, so that's too much oil. Mimago masa mi mitu kra. No, the the pasuk doesn't say uh, anything about. It's only uh, oil. Uh, tuma and and that's where what uh, the non-Jews might not do. But uh, touching tuma uh, or carrying tuma, uh, even though you don't touch it, uh, will transmit tuma, even though the person is not Jewish, and therefore. 
that's how it would get to a situation uh, that could have, um, even according to Rabbi Shimon Yochai, uh, that uh, if they would have been dead on the on the on the ground, and uh, one of the people would have touched it. So that's why the um, one of the Jewish soldiers would have touched it. That's why they would need purification. All right. So even according to Rabbi Shimon Yochai, uh, we can understand that. All right. A short little Mishnah and brighter piece over here. Um, if a man, uh, Kohen specifically, sorry. Um, uh, engaged a, a widow over here, uh, and it says which he's perfectly entitled to do. However, and then he was appointed uh, to be the Kohen Gadol. He is able to uh, um, marry this woman, uh, despite the fact that a Kohen Gadol should marry a Betula, uh, as we said. And this woman is obviously uh, not a uh, Betula; uh, she's been married before, and uh, and uh, and therefore. Um, uh, we're going to see that actually. Um, uh, so she's she's in Amana, and we assume here in Amana from full marriage. And now we just have a have a proof. Umasa be Yeshua ben Gamla, shigudayshet Mata bat Baisus, and Yeshua ben Gamla, who uh, was engaged to Mata bat Baisus, uh, who was a widow uh, and uh, the the prototypical uh, rich woman, uh, and not not particularly good way either. She she used she she uh, threw her money around etc. Um, uh, but uh, you know after at right at about the time of the destruction of uh, the Beit HaMikdash uh, she actually uh, lost all her money. There's a story in Gittin uh, describing how she lost all her money, and then uh, she she ends up stepping on some some dung, and uh, she's so unused to the uh, um, uh, so, you know uh, such a uh, crass lifestyle uh, that she actually dies as a result of that. Anyway, so that is a, a story over there. Uh, we're going to see what she did over there. She he engaged Marta Batbaisus. We know Melikliot Kohen Gadol, and the king appointed her uh, to be the Kohen Gadol Vakansa, and he still ended up marrying her. So we see that that took place. All right, so it says, um, however, uh, in the, the, this next part of the mission, it says, uh, What happens if um, uh, a person's brother who was a Kohen, he died, and uh, the brother fall, the, the wife falls to the brother for a Kohen, uh, and it says, And then he's appointed to be the Kohen Gadol, even if he's gone so far as to do Mama, uh, which is a quasi kedushin and according, as we've seen, like for example, the Beit Shammah, that's the, that's you know, it's a very strong uh, form of uh, connection over there. Even though he's done that, Hareze Lo Ichnos, he's not allowed to do it. So we'll understand um, a difference uh, between these uh, these two things as well. As you know, why why in one case you can, in one case you can't. Tanrabanan Mina and Shim Aras Itamana Vidma Lut Kohen Gadol Shi Ichnos. How do you know? Um, that if a Kohen uh, was uh, engaged to widow and then he suddenly became uh, the, the Kohen Gadol, he was appointed to the Kohen Gadolship, uh, he's allowed to marry the woman, Tamil Lamar, uh, This is from the opening verse of uh, Parshat, uh, or the opening verses, the first Aliyah in Parshat Imor. Uh, it says, Yikachisha, uh, these uh, women, it says, Yikachisha, which is kind of uh, an, an inclusionary phrase uh, that uh, you can do it. Normally, uh, a Kohen Gadol has to marry a widow. This 
this says Yikakusha, he should take a wife, uh, and therefore she gets included by this phrase. Ayachi Shumer Javam Nami, so why doesn't Shumer Javam also do? Isha, uh, it says a woman, Velo uh, Yavama. It says you could take a, a wife, uh, but not uh, Yavama, which uh, came through his brothers, really. Okay, all right, so that's uh, the, 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 the drosha out of that Pasuk. Okay, Maaseb be Yoshua, so now we talk about the incident that happened with Yoshua ben Gamla. It says, Minhu uh, in Nitmana law. So, really, what it says is that uh, the Mishnah said the king appointed him, uh, but uh, he wasn't really fit to be appointed. So, this whole discussion uh, here in other places, Yoshua ben Gamla uh, was, uh, was said to be a very good person. He did the whole school system for the Jewish people, and his name should be remembered for good. So, uh, according to um, uh, the uh, um, uh, a lot of uh, um, <coughs> uh, commentaries over here, it's actually uh, not the same. Uh, you're sure Ben Gamla, right? Uh, this is uh, not the one who established uh, uh, the school network over there. All right, so uh, because in other places he seems to be a good guy, uh, but it could be that uh, he was the same person, but just uh, the way he went about it uh, wasn't, um, you know, it, it, the way he got appointed wasn't so great. All right, so maybe there were better people as well. All right, so now, uh, so that's it. Amar of Yosef, Rav Yosef says about this, comments about this. Katir Kachazine, I see something, a conspiracy over here. This is not, uh, uh, there's something going on here. Uh, and it says, and uh, Dhamma Ravasi, Ravasi actually backs us up and he says, Takava didanara ilai lamata barbatus liana malka. So uh, Ravasi said that mata barbatus uh, are the brought uh you know one and a half uh, uh, i mean th- three cav worth of dinners to king Yana or a vessel uh, the size of uh, uh three tarkav worth of dinners to king Yana. uh it says um ad the the mokela leoshoben gamla bakana ravrave uh to to make him yoshoben uh, gamla into the kohen gadol all right so there's um king Yana himself uh, the the infamous king Yana who killed out all the sages um as uh, I think it's a Magorim and Kedushin which uh, discusses that he just left his brother-in-law Shimon ben Shetach okay uh, and uh, it's uh, it, there is a whole discussion about him so maybe he actually appointed himself to be the Kohen Gadol so really uh, that it can't maybe not him as well so we're not quite sure if it's the same Yoshua ben Gamla we're not quite sure if it's the same King Yana uh, as, uh, as as we've uh, you know, encountered elsewhere in the Gemara in any in any case uh, we see that, uh, uh, that especially at the time of the second temple where this all happened uh, when uh, Matabat Baitus uh, lived uh, there was a lot of uh, corruption and, uh, and and people bought the position of the Kohen Gadol which is why the Gemara Numa uh, discusses that uh, many of the Kohanim Gurulim never even lived out a year uh, it, it wasn't a, a great time for Kohanim Gurulim and that's that. Alright so now Continuing uh, with uh, uh, the short little Mishnah piece over here, Kohen Gadol Shemei Tachiv Cholets Vlo Mitzavem Miyavem. Kohen Gadol, whose brother died, uh, and he needs to do uh, either Yibum or Cholitza, says he does Cholitza, but he does not do Yibum. Now, surely that's obvious because once his brother uh, was married to this woman, although we'll, we'll see. 
Asher was married to the woman, uh, uh, the woman in the second, but assuming she was defined as uh, an Amana, uh, a widow, okay, how could the Kohen Gadol marry her in the first place? So maybe it's not needed necessarily uh, for that teaching, but the, the, the important teaching uh, that we have here, the, the Kiddush of the Mishnah, uh, is uh, that he does Chalitza, because what might you have thought? You might have thought that uh, Chalitza is not done, he'd be exempt from Chalitza because not nice uh, to spit in front of the Kohen Gadol. And uh, we see that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, we do allow him to do chalitza. The Gemara says, anyway, Kapasik Vatani, going back to what we said, uh, just comes and just puts a, a clear cut law down uh, as follows. Law uh, says he's not allowed to marry her. Uh, and it says, law shanamena irisin, balona shanamena suin. It doesn't make a difference if his brother was only engaged to her uh, or if his brother was fully married to her. So we say, bishlama mena suin. We can understand he was fully married to her. Asa lo, asa evalota sayhu. Uh, so we have a uh, the the Kohen Gadol, as we've seen uh, numerous times now, has got the um, positive commandment to marry a virgin, uh, and uh, a negative commandment not to marry an Amana. So uh, when the positive commandment of Yivum comes, uh, you it can't come and displace both a positive and a negative commandment uh, together. However, what happens if she was just engaged to this woman um, and then dies? What should happen is that the positive command of Yibum should override the negative commandments of the Kohen Gadol, uh, be uh, not only not not being allowed to marry a widow. And uh, in, in, in this, so therefore that that should override it. Positive overrides negative, as we saw uh, on Daf uh, Vav, etc. Positive overriding negatives, etc. Uh, we had a whole discussion, and the Gemara says, um, so really should it should have uh, he should be able to take her, and the Gemara says no, because Zayra Bia Rishona Atu Bia Shnei. Something also dealt with in uh, the uh, earlier parts of Al Masechet, uh, where it says that yes, granted the first Bia that they have uh, would be. Uh, would exactly the positive commandment would override the negative commandment. However, uh, from then onwards, uh, there's no more uh, uh, possibility of, of fulfilling the mitzvah of Yibam. It's done already, and therefore, all you have is a Kohen Gadol being with an Amana, which he's not allowed to do, and it would uh, uh, be problematic uh, to do that. Okay, moving on, uh, a bit of a longer Mishnah um, uh, and Gomorrah piece now. Uh, Kohen Hedjot, uh, moving on to the, an ordinary Kohen, Lo Yisa Ailonit. Um, unless he's got a wife and children so he's not allowed to marry an Ailonit an Ailonit is a woman that is, is um, has not yet sexually developed and she's not going to sexually develop she's uh, uh, I think the Gemara even later on um, is going to discuss exactly the characteristics of an Ailonit uh, basically what it means is that she's got a uh, um, uh, she's got a very deep uh, sounding voice etc she does not have uh, m- much in the way of breast she looks uh, very masculine uh, etc so she's an ayal on it and ayal uh, is a male ram so she really is uh, very masculine uh, over here and is never going to um, uh, develop as a woman okay uh, unless he's got uh, children uh, and a wife and children from other places implication is uh, that uh, he can't marry someone who cannot produce children uh, and that's uh, uh, and that's that. So unless he's got wife and children, he's able to have 
uh, fulfilled the mitzvah of procreation, which is uh, going to be coming up a lot. Uh, the, the famous discussion about that is going to be coming up tomorrow's daf. Tomorrow's daf is uh, um, uh, an important one uh, in terms of that. Anyway, uh, Rabbi Huda, my Rabbi Huda comments on this. Afop sheishu ishavanim lo Rabbi Huda comes and says, actually, he goes a step further. He says, even if he has got a wife and children, <coughs> uh, then he should marry uh, this Ayalonit because an Ayalonit, according to Rabbi Huda, uh, is uh, defined as the Zona. Okay, we're going to have an, an application, we're going to have a, um, a discussion later on uh, in the Masechet. Who is a Zona? Uh, I mean, who, later on in this stuff, actually, who is a Zona? How do you define a Zona? We're going to have, I think, six different opinions uh, as to who is a Zona. Uh, Rabbi Huda says, listen, uh, an Ayalonit is a Zona. Okay, that that's his thing. Why? Uh, we'll see in a second. Okay, Chachamim Rem, the Rabbi's opinion is Ein Zona Ela Giyoret. Only Zona is Giyoret. Okay, a, a woman who is um, a, a a female convert. Okay, <coughs> she is uh, defined as Zona. And obviously then wouldn't be allowed to a Kohen, uh, a woman who has uh, been freed from being a slave, okay, and a woman who's had uh, what's defined as a, um, a, a licentious relationship with someone she's forbidden um, to, to marry, and therefore uh, that defines her as a Zona. All right, so that is... Um, uh, th- that's what the rabbi's opinion. So we've had two really of of the six opinions. We're going to repeat them uh, in a brighter a bit later. Okay, the Gemara picks up. Amalei Reish Kulutzer Ravuna. So Reish Kulutzer says Ravuna, my time. You know why? Why Dafka a Kohenim? Surely we're saying is Mishum Pri Rivia. It must be because uh, he has to fulfill the mitzvah of uh, um, having children. And uh, and this and this and this uh, person over here. Uh, that's why he can't marry her unless he's got a wife and children, because uh, otherwise uh, he won't be able to procreate uh, with her. And it says, Apri Rivia, Kwanim, who the Mefakti, Visra law Mefakti, is it only Kwanim that we're, we're told uh, that they have to uh, have children and Yisrael not? Uh, surely Yisraelim as well are equally commanded in uh, Pru Rivu. Okay, so Amalai, what's the answer? No, Mishum de Kabbalah. No, because the Mishnah continued uh, with, at the end of the Mishnah with a specific law about Kwanim. Rabbi uh, Isha, even though he has got a wife, uh, it says, uh, even though a person has got a wife and children, he's not allowed to marry an Ayalonit. Because she is the prototypical Zuna that is found in the Torah, and, and specifically that replies to Kwanim. Zona Kwanim, who the Mufakti, Visra Lo Mufakti. It's only uh, the zona that we're talking about is only forbidden to Kohanim and not to normal Yisraelim. Uh, it says, uh, katani Kohen. So therefore, uh, we teach about a Kohen, even though that applies, uh, you know, uh, the mitzvah of Puruvu applies only to, to Kohanim. But we just limit it because the zona only applies to a Kohen and not to all Jews. Okay, uh, so I'm a Ravuna. Uh, Ravuna says, okay, my time at Rabbi Yudah. What is Rabbi Yudah's reason uh, for such? 
such uh, for saying such a thing. Uh, they will eat and not be satisfied. He's new. They will prostitute themselves for law. Uh, and they won't produce children. So he says, um, Any um, uh, relations that don't have the possibility to uh, um, procreate, etc., uh, is uh, is nothing uh, except znut. Okay, it's uh, it's just licentious. All right, so old discussion. Uh, how we take this exactly? What uh, we do with this? Uh, because of the fact that what happens if a woman can't have children anymore? She's beyond the age, etc. So the old discussions about that. Not not for now. All right, uh, beginning back. Uh, to into the discussion, which is going to lead on to who is a zona. Uh, we're going to see Tanya, the following discussion, the following statement, Rebeliezer <coughs> says, it's a katana. A quain is not allowed to marry a katana. So now that conflicts with the stuff that we've been talking over the last few days, <coughs> where we said, no, Dafka, a quain should marry uh, a, a, <coughs> I mean a, batula, uh, a virgin, and uh, and therefore he can't even, according to Rabbi May, he can't even marry a Bulgarian, uh, a woman that's over 12 and a half. But yeah, Rebeliezer um, says that no, he's got to marry, uh, he can't marry someone that's under 12 either so that if things start getting quite narrow over here um for a coin so okay so that he says you can't marry a young girl uh, younger than that okay so now why would that be amalo ravkista rava ravkista says rava pork for ironbach go and look into this investigate what's going on now the uta baile ravuna mina because ravuna is going to ask you uh what's going on uh with this uh, with a statement nafra for ironbach so he went away he spent the night and uh, he looked into it uh, and he came back uh, he says Rebbe must hold like Rebbe Meir and he also holds like Rebbe Yehuda. It's a combination of those two opinions which results in the fact that a Kohen uh, can't marry a young girl. Okay, and under Bat Mitzvah. All right, uh, so what does that mean? Savalaka Rebbe Meir, he holds like Rebbe Meir, who is worried about the minority of people. Okay, as we're going to see in a second. Um, Rebbe Meir, throughout Shas, actually not just related to this specific topic, uh, is uh, Rebbe Meir is always worried about uh, small possibilities uh, that something might happen, even though it's it's way off being a probability, even though it's just a very small possibility. Rebbe Meir is concerned about that. Okay, and he always takes it into account. It says it's it's something. It's not, even though it, the possibility might even be negligible, he says still uh, one has to think about that and uh, take it into account. All right. So now, Savarak Rabbi Huda, Dama Ailonet Zona Havia. And he says, uh, in this case, he would say, Rabbi Ma would be worried uh, that this person would ter- be an Ailonet, a young girl would turn into an Ailonet, and therefore not be able uh, to have children. And also, uh, and he says, an Ailonet is a Zona. Uh, uh, that's what Rabbi Huda holds as per our Mishnah, and therefore, if you combine those two things, um, she wouldn't be allowed to marry a Kohen, okay? Uh, because she's not enough. So he takes those two things into account: uh, the the fact that you can't marry a Katana because she could be an Ailonit, and an Ailonit is a Zuna. All right, so that's uh, and a Kohen can't marry a Zuna. So that's how he gets to the thing, uh, to his reasoning. That's um, 
the way, um, uh, you know, uh, Rav uh, uh, Kista uh, said to Rabbi, and Rabbi came back uh, with that explanation. However, we shoot down both parts of it, uh, that both that he, he says he holds like Rebbe Meir, and he holds like um, uh, Rebbe Huda, and we shoot those both down. Rebbe Meir, Misavale, last, does he really hold like Rebbe Meir? Vatanya, uh, we have a bright teacher, no. Um, uh, a young boy under bar mitzvah and a young girl under bat mitzvah are not allowed to do nor yibum nor chalitza so they can do it neither neither chotzin nor neither yibum nor chalitza that's Rabbi Meir's opinion I'm a lord of Rabbi Meir so the rabbis uh, respond to him it's very good what you say we agree with you that uh, she can't do chalitza. Why? Uh, it says ish ketiv parsha. It says uh, ish in the parsha of of thing. It says if loch tichpots ha'ish, the man does not want to um, uh, make a name for his brother. Uh, this should be done to the uh, the man who doesn't want to take, make a name for his brother. So it talks about uh, the man ish, and ish always refers to an adult. Okay, ketiv uh, parsha, the parsha of chalitza, which we'll get, spend a chapter on later. Makshin and and in that chapter we'll see uh, the connection. There's a connection between the man and the woman. The same way, uh, the boy has to be uh, an ish over bar mitzvah. Uh, so too, the girl has to be an isha, uh, also a grown woman. So that's why uh, the rabbis agree with Rabbi Meir that uh, an adult has to do chalitza. However, ela ma'atama ein yabmin. Why can't a, uh, a, a young children, or I mean, uh, younger than. Um, Bar Mitzvah, do Chalitza. I mean, Yibum, uh, why can't that happen? We've seen uh, the, the ages whereby a, uh, a boy is uh, can be over nine years old, a girl can be over three years old for uh, any sexual contact to be uh, um, um, uh, significant, defined as significant, uh, and and uh, and that's that's why you know in in theory, and we saw at the beginning of our chapter as well that uh, you know any type of act uh, would would result in the the yavama being acquired. So why can't young children do it? Uh, Rabbi Meir says, Amalehim. Rabbi Meir responds. Katan Shemiyimta Saris. A Katan, a young boy, can't do it because he could turn into a Saris, uh, someone who can't have children uh, for his uh, brother, and, uh, and and therefore he'd be excluded from Yibum. And Katana, and a young girl, Shemitimta uh, Ailonit, because a young girl uh, can't do it because she could be an Ailonit, uh, this uh, this woman who's not never going to sexually develop. And then too, Pogin Be'erva, and what's going to happen uh, if they marry each other, they're actually going to be um, uh, sinning and it's going to be an erva uh, relationship over here uh, because uh, that uh, there is no way that they'll ever be able to to have children uh, both those cases so we see yeah even in the the uh, a very small minority of people uh, boys are saris and sarisim and girls are ailonets so in, even in those cases Rabbi Meir has his his for the miot. 
Okay, um, and it says Vatanya Katana Mitchavemet Vainokoletet Divrabiliezer. However, Rebiliezer, uh, who he said uh, is holding the same opinion as Rabbi May, he's got a different view. He says uh, Katana, a young girl, uh, could actually um, do Yibum. Okay, uh, but uh, it says, but she doesn't do Chalitza, and that is Rabbi Eliezer's view. So we see that Rabbi Eliezer does not hold like Rabbi May. So that knocks out the comparison on uh, in in the first place. Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yehuda, and also like Rabbi Yehuda, does he hold like him? Vatanya, uh, we have a brighter that says, no, Zona, uh, Zona Kishma, uh, Rabbi Eliezer. So Rabbi Eliezer says, what is a Zona? A Zona, as we would um, uh, think about, a Zona is someone who strays from underneath her husband, okay? It's like turning away from your, your husband and uh, you know, like done, uh, 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 you know, some form of adulterous relation. That's uh, Rebeleza's view, okay? And that's why she's forbidden uh, to a Kohen, right? And uh, that's it. Um, and uh, and it says, so that's the definition one of a Zona. It's a married woman who commits adultery. Rabbi Akiva, Zona, Zu, Mufkeret, she just makes herself open and free and loose. Uh, to everyone, and uh, and that's uh, that that's that type of zona, just a uh, very uh, loose woman over there, not not interested in who she sleeps with. Okay, Rabbi Matna ben Karish Omer, he a third view. Afilu halach bala lashkota va alea baderich asav zona. What happens is Rabbi Matna ben Karish says no. Uh, if her husband had suspected her of. Uh, um, uh, secluding herself after being warned uh, with another man uh, now he's taking her um, to the Beit HaMikdash to, to, she's defined as a Sota he's taking her to the Beit HaMikdash um, uh, to be tested and they kind of uh, she makes up with him on the way uh, and uh, and, that's, and she has relations with uh, they have relations with each other on the way uh, it says that that woman is defined as Zuzna uh, so even though uh, she actually is his wife uh, but she was forbidden to him at the time uh, because he uh, had doubts about her. Okay, so even uh, she is a zona. That's Rav Mate Bacharish. That's the third view of who is a zona. Rabbi Yodama, as we said in our Mishnah, zona is an eye on it. Zona is an eye on it. Chachamim Ramim and the Rabbis also as per our Mishnah. And zona elagiyoret mushakreit nivala bielatzunot. Three people. It says a female convert, a freed a maid servant, and someone uh, who did. Um, uh, uh, had had relations with someone who with whom uh, would be forbidden uh, they'd be forbidden with all of these women uh, are defined as Zona and forbidden to Kohen alright Rabbi Lazar <coughs> uh, says the sixth opinion uh, also something we've seen in the last few days uh, an unmarried man unmarried woman even if they sleep together just for a good time as long as it's not for the purposes of marriage uh, that is defined as a Okay, so we've had a, uh, a lot of different opinions. You, you still are married, you're not yet married, etc. You know, that's it. Uh, it um, uh, and, and so we've gone through a whole lot. And I learn it doesn't discuss marriage. Okay, so six different opinions of who's that. But the important thing is, um, you know, that uh, clearly Rabbi Lezer is not holding like Rabbi Huda. We said it was a combination of, uh, you know, I We said Rabbi Lezer was Kamash uh, he said at the beginning, and only uh, a few opinions later was um, uh, Rabbi Eliezer. Right, and um, uh, um, I mean, with Rabbi Huda. So we see he doesn't hold like Rabbi Huda. So we knocked it out. It's not like Rabbi Mad, not like Rabbi Huda. So therefore, uh, why can't a Kohen marry a Katana, a Kohen Gadol marry a Katana, Ela Amrav Arabahava. 
Hacha, Bukhain, I mean, why can't a Kohen marry a Katana? So we see, Rav Adabahava says, actually, we're talking here, Hacha, Bukhain, Gado, Askin. And here he gives the answer. He says, we must be talking about a Kohen Gado. In this instance, Aimat Kanila. He says, if he would marry this young girl, she's not fully acquired to him. It says, Luki Gadla, only until she becomes old. Okay, and only when she becomes old. Older, Bulahi, uh, and then after he's lived with her and she becomes an adult uh, after having her bat mitzvah, uh, then she is already a Bula uh, over there. So I'm a Rava, um, uh, live, you know, Machli live. It's like, uh, you know, what, what is what is going on here? Uh, you know, is this person just got no, um, you know, Mibli live, you know, without understanding or knowledge, you know, Machli live is, you know, also not, you know, the person is uh, totally stupid who said that idea. Okay, um, you know, uh, it says e, uh, but the kedusha avia. If her father actually davua, if her father married her off, okay, miahi shata he dekanela. No, uh, that a father has got the ability to um, uh, marry his daughter off. Okay, and that's uh, from the perspective of the Torah, so that she was his wife straight away. Uh, it says e dekatsha nafsha, and if she herself. Um, married herself off. Ah, uh, Rabbi Lezer, he v'lorabana, and that would be Rabbi Eliezer's opinion, and not the rabbis. Okay, um, and that's um, and that's it. So we see that uh, um, you know, so so even <coughs> the rabbis would would uh, uh, also hold that uh, uh, she she can't marry uh, a minor even in this situation. Sorry, actually, I think um, what this really means is that is this only Rebbe his opinion, not the rabbis. The rabbis would agree, would agree uh, that a coin gadol uh, should also not marry a katana uh, in this situation. So it's not Dafka Rebbe opinion in this situation. Everyone would agree uh, that that's the case. Ella, I'm Rava. So how do we understand? We're not talking here about a coin gadol. Lola, I'm coin hedjot. You're really talking about a normal coin. Roshin and Shema Tifate alav. What happens is you're worried about a coin marrying a mana. Uh, why? Because um, it could happen that uh, a minor you leave her by herself, and someone could talk her into uh, things, and and she 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 would be seduced uh, by someone else, uh, even though she's married to him. Okay, someone can come in uh, to the house, and she's very young, uh, and then he can end up sleeping with this girl. Yaki Yisrael Nami. So the same things would apply uh, to a Yisrael. Uh, Yisrael should also not marry a minor girl because of of this uh, worry and concern. And we say put a katana on. We say actually uh, the the seduction of a minor uh, is defined uh, statutorily, uh, statutorily as rape. Okay, and uh, and that's that's uh, it, uh, therefore even if someone would sleep uh, with this young girl. Uh, that that wouldn't be her husband. Uh, it would be defined as rape, and she could go back to her husband. For ones be Israel, Mishare Shari, that uh, this ones, uh, if it would happen like that, uh, would would be she'd be permitted to her Israel husband. However, uh, not if she's married to a kohen. Okay, Rapapa Mara Papa says. No, Bukhain Gadol. No, we, we change it back. We say it could, must be talking about a Kohen Gadol. And really what it is, Vahai Tanahu. And it goes according to the following Tana, uh, Tanya. Bula, 
um, uh, it says betula. The Kohen Gadol should take a betula. Uh, it says Yahoo katana. Uh, you might think that is a katana tamadoma isha. Uh, then later on it says you should take an isha, uh, a woman. Okay, and it says uh, isha yachol bogeret. If she's an isha, a fully fledged isha, uh, then you might think a bogeret, someone older, older than twelve or half tamadoma betula. Uh, as we said, that she must be a virgin, as we saw a few days ago, uh, that a betula. Um, uh, means that even a Bulgarian doesn't have the same betulim uh, as a uh, as, as a younger girl. So therefore, how do you reconcile this? Uh, you've got a conflict between isha and betula, uh, and it says ha'kait said. So how do you resolve it? Yatsa v'klal katnut v'klal begrut lo bata. She's kind of in between uh, the two phases. Uh, she's over twelve years old, but she's not yet twelve and a half. So he marries her when she's in the stage of nairut. Okay, uh, young being a young girl, and it says. Rav Nachman by Yisachar, he says, "Ha Tanehu." So who is the Tana? The Tanya Betula, Betula, and Betula Ela Nara. Actually, a Betula in the situation, he says, actually a Nara uh, that we're talking between twelve and twelve and a half. V'chein Omer Hanari Tovat Ma'at Amod Betula. This this young girl, uh, okay, the Nara. Um, which you often uh, say is between 12 and 12 and a half. We're talking about Rivka. Tovat Mare, she was beautiful, um, old, and she was a Betula. All right? Uh, so that's, that's what we're talking about as well. So Betula is really, uh, uh, according to this, uh, Nara. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the discussion over here. So when it says take a, b- a, b- a betula, really it means anara. It's woman between twelve and twelve and a half. Okay, Rebeliezer, my Rebeliezer, Elazar says Pnuya Bala Pnuya Shalod Hashem. We should with the sixth definition of a zona was an unmarried man, unmarried woman, not for the sake of marriage. Asa zona, he makes it into zona. And Amrav Amram, Rav Amram says just to to uh, clarify this, he says no. Ain halacha Krebi Elazar does not go like Rabbi Elazar. Okay, it's only uh, the lacha is actually um, <clears throat> uh, uh, like the the previous thing. Uh, it says if he had uh, relations uh, with an unmarried man, unmarried woman, she doesn't become a zona. Uh, etc. The lacha goes like the rabbis uh, that uh, it's only those three women, uh, the female convert, uh, you know, and doesn't distinguish between over three, under three, by the way, not like Rabbi Shimon uh, It's a freed maid servant and a woman who's had relations with someone who she's not allowed to marry. Okay, uh, we'll pick up as we said tomorrow. Uh, uh, very famous stuff uh, with regard to uh, pru revu uh, fulfilling the the um, uh, the mitzvah of uh, of uh, procreation. Etc. Uh, and uh, and some also interesting stuff about Sfirat Omer uh, and uh, Rabbi Kiva's students dying. In the meantime, though, everyone should have a great day.